are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Brogan. You can follow John Brogan at John Brogan 1290, and you can be like us and be perusing through betonline.ag looking for all the best odds. We're going to talk some U of A football coming up here, but as always, if there's anything to talk about with U of A basketball, that's where we're going to lead because U of A basketball is what really runs this city. And here's basically your updates. You've got James Akinjo is officially transferred on to Baylor. I mean, I don't want to don't want to say I told you so to some people, but it's obvious James Akinjo is pretty good if uh, Kansas and Baylor want to have him. Arizona seems to be the clear front runner for five star point guard Ty Ty Washington. Uh, he was at the game. He was on campus this past Friday and Saturday, not on a visit, according to his dad. But be that as it may, things are uh, rounding out nicely for this U of A basketball team. And there's a couple other kids we'll get to as well. But Brogan, I mean, I don't know that you could really ask for more in the first week and a half of Tommy Lloyd, a.k.a. not Tommy Floyd. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, when Lloyd got to Arizona, they offered him the position he accepts. Kind of the first priority at that point is, okay, how do I keep the roster intact? Because what we knew was. This roster next year was a pretty much a lock to be a top 25 team. Um, losing a Kinjo clearly hurts as he was their best player last year. But if you're able to replace him with, you know, Ty Ty Washington, for instance, you know, in the beginning of the season, maybe you're a little bit worse and you struggle. But the hope there is that by the end of the season, he's basically doing a lot of the things that James Akinjo did for you last year. And then you take the progression of Tubelis and Matherin and Kerr and some of these others. And all of a sudden, you've got a pretty good team that's going to be a top 25, top 20 team, four, five, six seed in the tournament, which if you're Tommy Lloyd, you got to be ecstatic that that's your first year. Tommy who? And then it gives you a chance to kind of recruit and, and, and build from there. Yeah, and I think the thing that's really exciting about this, too, is that he's quickly run, won over this team. Now, and we talked about it first and foremost, when Tommy Lloyd took over, the first thing, uh, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be here. Kerr enters the transfer portal. Benedict Matherin takes down all of his U of A stuff from Instagram. But you and I have been around this process long enough to know that if a coach has a good pitch and he can sell a guy on being there and thriving in that system, especially a guy like Benedict Matherin, who is, I mean, quite frankly, I think is better fit for what Tommy Lloyd is going to want to do out there. That ge- those kids generally end up sticking around, and that's exactly what you saw. And another thing, too, we're also finding out that Tommy Lloyd can recruit a little bit because he had to recruit these kids back. And assuming you get Ty Ty Washington along with Dylan Anderson, I think that uh, your only question at this point is what kind of a coach is he because he's clearly shown that he can recruit at a pretty high level. Yeah, and you would assume that given that he's been at Gonzaga for 20 years and kind of learning under – Mark few that he's going to be able to coach. I think, I think this team will be fun to watch because I think you'll see a lot of free kind of flowing motion where he'll be relying on his players to make plays, not so much relying on 
Let me put you guys in certain spots. Let's move the ball around and get the type of shot that I only want as a coach. I think this is going to be a lot of, we're going to have a lot of cutting, a lot of ball movement. And if you've got the ball in your hands and you feel like you have an advantage, you can attack. That's where the offense starts. And if you're a player, you can't really ask for a better kind of style or system because it really allows you to kind of play the type of game that you want to play. And then obviously he'll have to kind of manage to shot selection and rebounding and turnovers and things like that. But if you're a player and the goal of, of offense is to move the ball, a lot of player movement, a lot of cutting. And when we have an advantage attack, you can't really ask for much more. And what you're going to see from this a lot, and he runs basically the same style. And there's very few times that I can throw my high school basketball career in here, but I'm going to that uh, the great Dick McConnell ran where basically you're going to see a lot of motion. What people, what that means, basically, depending on the system, you're going to see a lot of passing, then screen aways, ISOs, but the ball won't stick. And what I mean by that is that you're going to get the ball and you know what? Yeah, you can make a play off the dribble, but you're going to get two, three bounces at the most. It's not going to be something where you get 15, 16 plays. You're going to see some variations of some five wides again, where you have the opportunity in a situation to break down your guy. But if it's not there, you pass, you screen away. And it's just going to be, a, I think, a far more aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball to watch. And for a guy like a Ben Matherin, who's not a great ball handler, but is a great, sh- uh, not a great shooter, but a good shooter. And he's dynamic as far as that one, two drive to the hoop. This is going to fit what he's looking to do far more. And I think you could probably say that for a good percentage of the guys on this team. And it'll be interesting to see how this one does play out, but I, I have pretty high expectations. Yeah. And if you think about, if you think about Kerr, right, where he's going to thrive in the little bit that we saw him last year, where he's going to thrive is in that free flowing type of game where he can kind of use some of that flair that you saw and play a style that's closer to what he grew up playing kind of in the international style, same with Tubelis. And so I really think that's going to, you're going to see the better version of some of these guys next year. Um, And it's really just going to come down, I think to how do these guys progress and how good, how quickly can Ty Ty become? He's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's just, is he, you know, the player they need him to be right out of the gate? Or is it something where it's going to take him 10 or 15 games because he's a freshman playing college basketball for the first time? But I think by the time you get to conference play, Arizona is going to be one of the top three teams in the conference. I, a good friend of yours and a guy who uh, I've been talking with a little bit, uh, he mentioned early on about uh, one of his concerns about Tommy Lloyd was that, how is he going to be able to recruit more of kind of a, a city baller type kid, for lack of a better term? And sure, Ty Ty Washington is Phoenix, so it's a little bit different. It's not like you're getting the kid out of the you know the south side of Chicago or Crenshaw or anything like that. But this is a kid that definitely fits that flair as far as personality and style. So assuming you could lure in Washington, you alleviate a lot of those concerns pretty quickly, Brogan. Yeah, and one of the allures of Arizona for a for a prospective coach is Arizona is going to recruit itself mm-hmm. to an extent. And so if you take the brand of Arizona basketball mixed with Tommy Lloyd, who's the best international recruiter in the country, you keep Jason Terry on staff. So that keeps you plugged in into kind of the Pacific Northwest, Texas, and things like that. So at this point, I'm, you know, I was a little concerned about recruiting, but being able to go get Dylan Anderson right out the gate, 
being able to go then turn around and get Ty Ty Washington. There's a little bit of smoke behind Arthur Kaluma, who again, a top 40 player in the country from Phoenix or plays high school in Phoenix. I don't think he's from Phoenix, but so there's so much momentum with recruiting after like three weeks that you typically may not see with the coach, unless you're looking at kind of some of the bigger time names that you just know they're going to recruit no matter where they go. That I agree. I think at this point, it strictly comes down to can he coach at the level that it is necessary for Arizona to be a national power? Um, and that we'll find out pretty quick when the season starts. And uh, who Brogan's referring to is Arthur Kaluma. He's a top 50 kid out of Dream City. And over the next week, we're going to break down what exactly Dream City is, but it's a high school preparatory academy in Phoenix where Arizona figures to have a really good in. Now, some people might say, well, what are you going to do if you can get this kid? Well, you know, college basketball is a brutal business. And you probably tell somebody on the roster, hey, he's probably not going to play a ton here going forward with this kid. There's ways of making that one happen. So Arthur Kaluma and Dream City is definitely a high school that we were going to talk about quite a bit in the coming months but and the coming weeks. But first and foremost, Brogan and I are trying to get in shape for the summer. And if you want to get in shape for the summer, the best thing that you want to get is a Built Bar. Because what's great about Built Bar is... When Brogan just got out of the pool right now after playing with his kids, he looked at his lovely wife, Jessica, who's saying, you want to go get something to eat? And Brogan says to himself, no, we're good. We got built bars. We got built bars for me. We got built bars for the kids because you know what's great about it? They taste like candy. And who doesn't like candy? These kids are absolutely scarfing down these built bars. And if these kids are going to like them, then it's probably fair to say that people leaving the gym are going to like them. Listening to Locked On Wildcats with my guy, John Brogan. I'm merely Mike Luke. All right. A little bit of U of A football talk here. The spring uh, practice slash scrimmage just commenced, and I think a lot of people saw it. And let's talk about, first of all, the good. And there's definitely some good stuff about Jed Fish here, Brogan. I He still wouldn't have been my hire, but as far as doing things that kids like, as far as embracing things that you should, I don't know, like the best players in school history or, you know, cool stuff for recruit, Jed Fish certainly gets that. And the spring game and the Rob Gronkowski football catch from the helicopter, that encapsulates that. For an old guy like me, it's kind of corny, but it doesn't matter because he's not trying to get an old guy like me. He's trying to get an 18 or a 19 or 17, 18 year old. So he certainly gets that part of the game that the previous coaches didn't get, Brogan. Yeah. And and if you look at, I mean, he had Adia Barnes out there on the field. He's definitely integrated himself into the Arizona Wildcat community, both with current staff, former players. Um, he's high level in terms of social media and, and to your point, things that can relate to younger kids. And so I think if, if you look on the surface of Jed fish and does he look like the profile of, of a head football coach in 2021? Definitely. Is he light years ahead of what Kevin Sumlin was going to be at Arizona? A hundred percent. The flip side to that though, is you still have to have good players that can go out there and win games. And that's where I think you're going to see a question mark. Um, and it could be a two, three, four, five-year journey for Jed Fish, not a Tommy Lloyd-type journey where in year one you're out there, you know, nationally ranked, for instance. So and the, that's going to be interesting. And to kind of piggyback on that point, the people out there, you need to be realistic about these uh, these goals. Now, 
you can point a lot of blame at people and say, well, you guys are telling me that I need to wait three years for a good program. Well, yeah. Now, all I'm saying is that that's not Jed Fish's fault. You can certainly look at the previous three years under Kevin Sumlin, the hiring process. Who knows if Jed Fish is good or not, but there's no way to sit here and say that, oh, Jed Fish sucks, dude. They only won three games this past year or two games because honestly, and I'd love to be wrong, I look at this team. I've been to a lot of their practices. I watch the scrimmage. This feels like about a two-win team. The quarterback play is shaky. There doesn't seem to be a ton of playmakers on the defensive line. The wide receivers aren't bad, but you look at it just across the board and compare and contrast it to teams in the uh, Pac-12 South, and this is a this is just a bad team. And you're going to get some a little bit of help because you're going to be getting Trayshawn Hayward, who certainly will help the Central or excuse me the Western Michigan All-American transfer. You're going to get in Jordan McLeod, who, after watching what I saw, I would think that he probably starts. So that'll help a little bit. But you're going to have to give Fish time here because there's just not a lot to work with here, and he's got to try to keep a happy face. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, he looks like a used car salesman. Well, at the end of the day, if I'm a used car salesman and I'm trying to sell a broken-down Volvo to somebody who's looking for a Cadillac— I'm going to have to be pretty cheery and excited about it. Yeah, and let's 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 look at the hand he was dealt. Arizona last year lost its two top defenders before the kind of half COVID season started. It lost its starting quarterback after the season, Grant Gunnell goes to Memphis. They lost to ASU by 70 points. And so him take and they won zero games. So him taking over that, the expectation should be Year one is just install your culture, your kind of mindset, your attitude, try to start building your roster and go from there. So year one to me, I don't care if they win zero games or if they win three games, none of that matters to me. I want to see something that looks like football on the field that looks different than what Kevin Sumlin had. They're playing hard. They're competitive. The offense looks like it's got some explosive and some big playability. And and then knowing that, we can trust that the players will come over the next couple of years. The one concern that I have is, on the surface right now, Jed Fish is recruiting at a pretty good level for Arizona. Yes. He's getting top 1,000 kids. He's getting some kids in the three and 400 range, 500 range. What I worry about, though, is can you continue to recruit like that if you win zero or one game next year or two games next year? Because he's going to need to recruit at that type of level for two or three years to have enough depth and enough skill to be able to compete in the Pac-12 South. Yeah, and again, I just want to see them be competitive. And I thought Glenn Parker, uh, ex-U of A, great, uh, made a great point during the broadcast when he said that I'm not going into next year looking at wins and losses with Jed Fish because I don't expect this team to be good. But you know what I want to see? I want to see them fight, and I want to see them progress. Now, he said progression doesn't necessarily, okay, well, we need to win two of our last five games. He said, you know progression when you see it. And I couldn't agree with that more. The thing that you saw with the Kevin Sumlin era is that there was absolutely no progression. 
guys didn't really look like they were bought in on top of not being good. And it just always looked like everybody was ready for the season to be over. The best way that I can put it is a progression will be, even if you're a bad team, you look at them on the field and you look at it and they look like they're bummed that they only have three or two games left in the season. So that's the kind of stuff that you're looking for playing tough and showing a, showing an attitude out there that honestly I don't know that we've seen in quite a quite a while I mean the OKG thing was supposed to be an attitude but it was just a mantra for recruiting crummy players so that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for Brogan yeah and and I hate to bring up ASU as the example but I think it's a good gauge for for what you think about when where Jed Fish should be when Herm Edwards got there ASU was an okay maybe slightly below average team they now are heading into Jaden Daniels junior season, right? So he's had two full seasons to play and now it's their third year. And this is the season where they look like maybe a top 15 ish type team. And they're going to compete for the PAC 12 title. And so maybe Jed Fish's upside in three years, isn't that high because ASU had a better starting point than Arizona than Jed Fish does, but that's the kind of progression you want to see. You go from getting your recruits into the program to winning a few games to developing to in the third year. Now it's like, okay, Arizona might win seven, eight games, guaranteed to make a bowl, might sneak into the top 25. All of a sudden, you feel great about Arizona football. And what he's really got a delta crummy hand with is that he doesn't have, at least right now, and some guys could be a gamer. I don't want to sit, because I've always thought that there was something to Will Plummer, and I know you do as well. So some guys are just gamers. We saw that with Nick Foles. But the previous two coaches had something really going for them that he doesn't, though. Rich Rodriguez inherited Matt Scott, which is an you record or you get an all-conference caliber quarterback for your first year. Yes, please. Now Kevin Sumlin kind of ruined Khalil Tate, but at the end of the day, that's still a nice guy you like to inherit. Jed Fish isn't inheriting anything like that at the most important position in the game. Yeah, and and the one thing where football is extremely different than basketball is one player doesn't completely turn around your program in a way where you can go out and win a bunch of games you know starting players in college football typically don't transfer like they do in basketball and so it's a slower more methodical building process and it's typically done through recruiting you can get transfers and that certainly helps but look at the transfers they're getting it's backup running backs backup quarterbacks all-american linebacker which obviously is huge but it's going to take time to get these guys into your program develop and and then have them <clears throat> kind of get over the hump but you're exactly right if they don't figure out the quarterback situation over the next year or two which jet fish is a kind of a lifer quarterback coach so if there's one position you think he can be successful at long term it's quarterback but if they don't get quarterback figured out in the next year or two it's going to be a long couple of years for because sure. that's where you can start to sell hope if even if you stink this year and next year if you've got a young quarterback on the roster that's starting to make some plays people will look at it and say all right all right, but if you don't have that quarterback, all of a sudden you go into year three and people are wondering, what are we really doing here? So the quarterback is certainly the position that one way or the other, that he's got to rectify as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, and, and I think offensive line will be another critical area because that was the one area with Sumlin that you couldn't really ever tell if the quarterbacks were going to be good. They never showed a ton of promise, but when you've got you know, two seconds to throw, or you can, you're only running for three, three and a half yards of carry, then it's kind of impossible to really be good if you're a quarterback, unless you're just, you know, 
special at that point. So that's kind of where my head's at. Offensive line, quarterback. If Jet Fish can figure those two things out in the next year or two, then I think he'll be on the right track for Arizona football. Thanks for hopping on, Brogan, and we're going to have you on later in the week. I know you got a busy schedule, but thanks for uh, hopping in here and making this one happen, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Listening to Locked On Wildcats.